Hello, friends. Welcome to Joyful Courage, a place where we tease apart what it means to be a conscious parent and a conscious human on this wild ride of life. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and mama walking the path right next to you as I imperfectly raise my own two teens. I am so excited to share a brand new interview with you today. I want to acknowledge that this interview was recorded last August when we were looking at the start of the school year inside of this global pandemic. And now today, we are well into the school year, still in the global pandemic and navigating the continued unknown of how long our kids will be schooling online, how it feels to consider going back in person, and just all the things that are coming up as we navigate the ebb and the flow of COVID-19. So while the timing is a bit off, the topics we cover in this interview are still very real and relevant today. I really appreciate the lightness and encouragement that the guest brings to this very important topic, you will also notice that there is something here for everyone, no matter the age of your child in this interview. I'm really excited about that. So enjoy it. We're all in this together, my friends. Wear your mask, keep up the social distancing, connect with the community online. We will get through this. Hi, listeners. I am so excited to welcome today's guest, Dr. Jennifer Verist. Dr. Verist's desire for pediatrics began at a very young age because her visits to her pediatrician were usually positive experiences. Later, she fulfilled her dream and obtained her medical degree from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. She went on to complete a pediatric residency at UT Houston Health Science Center. After residency, she returned to practice in her hometown of College Station, Texas. Dr. Verist is grateful for the five years she spent treating families there and for the relationships and connections she made. She now practices in Spring, Texas at Family First Pediatrics. As a board-certified pediatrician, her passion is to empower moms and dads to raise their kids to lead happy, healthy lives full of precious memories and discovery. She just... She desires to create the same positive experiences for her patients that she had with her pediatrician as a young child. I am thrilled to have Dr. Verist on today to talk about how to navigate parenting in the shadow of the coronavirus. Hi, Dr. Verist. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Casey. Thank you for having me on. I'm honored. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this big topic. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more um, about your journey of doing what you what you do. Sure. So I wanted to be a pediatrician ever since I was young. Um, thank God my visits to the pediatrician were always positive experiences, and I always looked forward to my appointments. And one day I um, asked to use the otoscope, the, the ophthalmoscope, those tools that the uh, pediatrician uses to check the ears and the uh, eyes. And Mm -hmm. she actually let me use them. And that's when I decided I was going to grow up with a career where I use those tools on the daily. (laughs) That's how I decided (laughs) to become a pediatrician. And I've never looked back. 
Awesome. Have there been any mm-hmm. personal experiences that that drive your personal work to working with families? So when I went into medical school and I was privy to all the other options in healthcare Mm -hmm. and medicine, I was still attracted to pediatrics because of the continuity, the relationship that you develop with the child and the entire family. And just today, I was reminded of that as I saw um, a, a child and the dad told me that he was a patient of that same clinic when he was growing mm-hmm. up. And it's like, there's nothing like that. Maintaining that generational relationship uh, with a family, it's uh, precious. And that's probably the biggest thing that attracted me to pediatrics and has kept me with pediatrics. Yeah, like you're supporting the whole family, not just a part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's that relationship building. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. <laughs> well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Well, we're going to get into all you've seen with uh, the 2020 
pandemic of COVID-19. But Mm -hmm. as I was writing this interview, I realized that I wanted to make make sure that something was really clear to listeners. So before we start, I just want to say out loud to you and to everyone that's listening that I am someone who believes this virus is a real thing. I am grateful for the mandated face mask rules. I in no way believe that a small group of super rich evil people created it to take over the planet, nor do I believe that Bill (laughs) Gates is looking to control the population with a vaccine. So yeah, I just want to put that out there. I respect the fact that we all get to have our opinions. And I'm really hopeful that a safe vaccine is available soon because in our family, it's life or death. We've got some immune compromised members and it's real. And I know that my family isn't alone with that. So Mm -hmm. that being said, you've been supporting parents as a pediatrician. What is showing up in your office in response to this global pandemic that we're now over six months into? What are you seeing? So we know that the disease COVID-19 does not cause as severe symptoms in most children. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a rare inflammatory uh, condition, MISCI, um, that's extremely rare. And um, it's like a post-infectious inflammatory condition that affects multiple organs. Um, Mm -hmm. I have not seen a case myself, but we do know that that is a possibility with children. I have diagnosed children or I've tested children who were exposed and uh, they have been positive. I've also heard of positive cases where the child was asymptomatic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Usually when I have a positive case, the child had a fever for a few days. Uh, They did have loss of taste and smell, maybe a couple of GI symptoms as well as some malaise. Um, But after, you know, 14 days, they're pretty much in the clear. Uh, The experience in children is not reflective of, you know, some of the complications that older adults uh, could maybe suffer through if they if they had Mm COVID-19. Yeah, I was just listening. So we're recording. It's mid-August. And I was just listening today to the radio and heard that there has been a increase in cases of COVID-19 in children. And um, so the idea that kids are immune, we're just going to we're just going to prove that wrong right here, right now. Yeah, like, and I don't not know <laughs> when that was ever propagated. Um, <laughs> they could, the kids have been catching this family of coronavirus for decades. Like we've we've mm-hmm. known about the coronavirus family because it causes symptoms of the common cold in kids okay. all the time, and so okay. we know that there are you know strains in this family that kids can catch and spread. Um, I think what we have learned, though, is that kids may not be super spreaders as originally thought. They can definitely spread the virus, but they may not be super spreaders. Okay. Even though they're snotty and sneeze everywhere and don't take good precautions. (laughs) Yes. Like I said, they can definitely spread the virus. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They can spread the virus. Yes. Um, So, which is, you know, I mean, as we've all sat around kind of waiting to find out what's happening for school, I know for us, 
I was, our district only made the call last week to go virtual only. There was talk about a hybrid Mm. program. And my listeners know that my husband was diagnosed with multiple myeloma last spring. Mm. So he's working through his treatments now and is super high risk. Yeah. Thank you. We're good. We're good. We're working through it. Um, He's super high risk and it's scary, right? And I know that we're not the only family. And so I was really dreading telling my super social, you know, son who was getting ready to start high school, you know, sorry, but you have to go virtual. So it was a huge relief when the district said, we're actually going to start all virtual. And I know that there's districts all over the country that are making that choice. And I'm just really grateful right now Mm -hmm. for that. When you see parents, because often, you know, if your clients are, what is it? Is it under the, do you always see the parents and kids? What's the rules right now? Yeah. So at this point I'm seeing from birth all the way up until 19 or 20 years old. Okay. And as they get older, do you kick the parents out of the room? Um, so even at 14 years old, there's a part of the exam that I do, you know, request to talk to the child privately because yeah. they're not going to answer me honestly with the parent there. So true. <laughs> I know that was so exciting and so annoying both at the same time when that started <laughs> happening with my kids, but I was glad that they had that space. Good. So when you're talking to parents, Um, What are some of the anxieties that are showing up for parents right now in response to COVID-19? So the biggest question I'm receiving is, should my child be back in school? And um, what I'm going to share is that the American Academy of Pediatrics is saying that children do learn better in school, and especially at the younger ages when the social aspect of learning is even more important. But that being said, that decision really is made on a case-by-case basis. For example, if you have a child who is premature and has underlying respiratory conditions, um, I'm not going to recommend that they go back to school. Um, On another note, there are children who have um, maybe behavioral disorders or learning difficulties, maybe ADD or ADHD, where they learn better in a structured environment and they may be older. And Mm -hmm. if there's no one else in the home that, you know, is higher at higher risk for contracted contracting COVID-19 for those Mm -hmm. children, it may be better for them to be at school and learn in a structured environment. So I have been encouraging parents to schedule that well visit with their pediatrician before school starts so that mm-hmm. the pediatrician is probably the best person to speak to about this because they know the medical history of your child and they can give you a uniquely catered you know, advice regarding your child's needs and your family's needs rather gen- than just a general recommendation, not taking account the different needs and different circumstances of each family. So if there are families in parts of the country where Maybe kids are going back a couple of days a week, um, some kind of part-time schedule, or I know that some private schools are opening their doors. How can parents ensure that their kids stay safe as they enter spaces with a lot of other kids? So one of the things you want to do is try to train your child now to be comfortable wearing a mask and keeping it on. Um, this process is not going to be easy. 
it's very similar to the process of potty training. Um, but there are different grades. <laughs> I'm just setting the expectations. <laughs> but, but, you know, there are different measures that we can put into place to make it easier. Um, I have a video on my Facebook page that, you know, suggests some tips for parents on how to help your child be more comfortable with wearing a mask. But Mm -hmm. there are some ear savers. Some kids really don't like the loops going around their ears. It really Mm -hmm. bothers them. And there are loop savers that you can use that bypass the ears. You let the child choose their own fabric. Maybe it has a superhero on them, or maybe it's a blank canvas the child can draw on. And so now it becomes more of them showing off their cool mask and the Mm -hmm. the cool thing that they made. And then practice keeping the mask on at home. And if you have to do this along with them, that's fine. And so we reward them for maybe keeping the mask on for an hour at home. And so if they can demonstrate it at home, they can do it at school. Maybe incorporating the mask into their play where the child can, you know, you know, put the mask on their stuffed animal. Um, and so it's associated with something fun and not something forced on them without their will that they had nothing to do with and they had no say in. So practicing now can help make that an easier process From the beginning of the pandemic, we've been recommending that parents, you know, continue to encourage children to wash their hands Mm -hmm. um, with soap and water. And so that's something we still want to continue to emphasize. Um, But yeah, I think one of the most important things that parents can do to, you know, help ensure the safety of their child and going back to school is practice keeping the mask on the face. (sighs) It kind of it like breaks my heart to think about yeah. like let's play with your dolls and your stuffed animal and put their mm. mask on. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so weird. It's such a weird. I feel like we're in a weird like prequel to every dystopian future movie ever made. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully, Hopefully not. not. Um, what about older kids? So I'm thinking about like middle and high school kids that you know, that whole image thing comes into play. Do you have any tips for parents to, without completely freaking them out, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. honesty is where we are always really honest with our kids, but I don't really think, you know, although even as I say this, I could have kind of dabbled with this language, but like people could die. Mm -hmm. Like keep your mask on. It's that important. You don't want to be the one that exposes somebody and have them, you know, get really, really sick. Do you have any good tips for parents of older kids um, who aren't necessarily playing with stuffed animals? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Right. Okay. So for our adolescents, one of the first things that you're going to need to do is check yourself as a parent because they Mm -hmm. can completely see through, like if you're anxious and really worried they can completely see through you trying to tell them it's going to be okay. Like you need to get to a place yourself where you can calmly talk to them. And when you tell them, you know, I'm here at, let me know if you have any questions, we can look it up together. You can say that honestly. And so first have a conversation. If you have to have like a come to Jesus conversation with yourself, (laughs) do that first in preparation the other thing is, yes, thankfully with adult, with adolescents, you can be more frank about mm-hmm. the, you know, the, this level of importance of the situation. 
and the mm-hmm. consequences. You could be more frank about them. But as you do that, you also want to give them to pr- time to process what you're mm-hmm. saying. Okay. So they may withdraw a little bit, which is really, really painful to watch. But if they don't have any questions right now, it may be because they're still processing what you have told them and they haven't processed en- enough to even formulate questions. So giving them that space and just letting them know that you're here whenever they need you. Um, and also, if they ask a question, giving them resources where they can look at it themselves, because that way we're empowering them. Um, and we always mm-hmm. want to empower our children, no matter what the age, um, or y'all can even look up questions together. So for example, if you are wanting to stay up to date on what the local county is currently regulating because that changes all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, having a website that that adolescent can, you know, check on, um, you know, maybe county updates, that's empowering to that adolescent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, giving them the basically the consequences of their actions and then allowing them to come to a conclusion also empowers them because this is a way for your child to think critically and make, you know, uh, develop good decision-making skills. So don't, don't just tell them what to do, tell them the consequences of the different choices that they make and allow them to come to the decision themselves. I'm Margaret and I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Yeah, I love that. We talk a lot about that. I'm a positive discipline trainer. And so Mm -hmm. when we work with parents, we often, especially parents of adolescents, 
We use curiosity questions, so supporting Mm. kids and drawing forth what they already know and helping them connect dots, and that's what I'm hearing you say right now. And, you know, I think the hardest Mm -hmm. thing for me and for many parents with teens is just the uncertainty of it all. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, the questions of, well, when can I hang out with my friends? When is it going to be back to normal? When can we you know, go to the mall or go back to the movies. And and I find, just for the benefit of the listeners, I, I you know, what I'm doing that I think is helpful is just really acknowledging how annoying it is that things are so uncertain. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's really hard. I mean, things were uncertain before, but I think we had a lot more illusions that could convince us that things were a lot more certain. But yeah. Um, uh, just being able to be really honest with my kids has been helpful. And I'm also noticing, like, I, I like what you said about giving them time to practice. They might not have any questions because when mine go quiet, I kind of want to probe in there. Like, what are you mm-hmm. thinking about? What you know, like, right. tell me, you don't have to be scared or, you know, and then just kind of adding to the stress. What do you think about, um, cause I know for me, and I was thinking about talking to you today, And recognizing my own tendency to, um, I listen to the Up First uh, NPR app every morning, which is just like a 15-minute quick and dirty news brief. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking today, like, gosh, I'm getting briefed on the coronavirus every day. Is this too much? I don't feel, I don't think that I'm stressed about it, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering if there's more going on under the surface that I'm just not Mm-hmm. recognizing or or connecting the dots to do you what are you seeing with your clients like under the surface kinds of things with the kids that you see and how they're processing this weird yeah uncertain time okay so a couple of things uh before i answer that i did want to reference um something you had mentioned um about adolescents asking you know when can i play with my friends and asking those questions They're going to ask those questions and you can say, you know, at this point, we don't know, but what we can do, but what we can do, when would you like to schedule a virtual date with your friends? When would you like to take a hike in the park with one friend? You know, like focusing on what they can do doesn't make this uh, situation completely hopeless. Okay. And so um, they may not be able to do this, but we can do this. So just focusing on that. The other thing, Thank you. Mm-hmm, yeah, the other thing is, um, yeah, and so in the well visits, there's a part of the exam, like I said, where I ask the parent to step out and I have a private conversation with the adolescent. Um, what I'm seeing is that definitely since the shutdown, when their schedules have been um, kind of disrupted and there was no longer structure that they had before, um, there's problems with sleep. There's um, increased anxiety, um, more sedentary activity as uh, some of the activities like sports and, you know, camps have been kind of shut down for now. And there's an increase in fatigue. So that's what I'm seeing in the adolescents. In younger children, I'm seeing a little bit of more outbursts. And it's a little harder for parents to pin down some social skills because they don't really have the peers to compare their child to. 
We're not doing the play dates. The child has been pulled out of daycare and they're staying at home with the family. And so they, there's no longer that gauge that we had before to see, okay, how is my child doing with speech in comparison um, to their peers? And so that's another reason why the well visit becomes even more important because we are doing that assessment to make sure they're achieving those social milestones, even though they may not be receiving the same social stimuli that, um, you know, before the circumstances before the pandemic allowed. So if you had, if you could hold a microphone and speak to all the parents mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, which you kind of are right now, well, all the parents that listen to my show anyway, mm-hmm. what is it most that you want to let them know about this period of time and what you hope they, they can take with them and mm-hmm. either hold in their heart or implement with their kids? What so message I've, do you want to make sure to share? Yeah, I just want to tell every parent out there that you do a great job. You're doing a great job. Most of us don't have a precedent for this. Even with the CDC, like there have been, you know, regulations that have been retracted and minds have been changed. And so if the CDC is going through such a confusing process, you as a parent are allowed to, you know, make some decisions and then retract on them. So don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing a great job. The other thing that I wanted to share is that look toward your pediatrician as an ally in this moment, um, because these are there are many decisions that you'll be making for your family and for your children, and you're going to need help from the experts. And sometimes the general recommendations aren't sufficient for you. So look toward your pediatrician as a friend and ally in this moment to help you make those critical and difficult decisions for your family. But it's okay to make mistakes, and it's okay to say that you don't know. There are resources to help you find the information that you need. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. Are, do you have yeah. any resources in particular that are some of your favorites that you want to send parents to? Do you so, have any suggestions? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of junk, if I may, <laughs> online. Yeah. When it comes to pediatric advice. And so I want parents to look toward the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, There is a website called healthychildren.org that has great information, especially related to the pandemic. If you have questions, you know, parents have asked me about camp. Should I send my child to camp? Should my child go swimming? All of these questions are answered on that website, healthychildren.org. I also want to offer my Facebook page, Jennifer Verist, MD. Every week I do a live that's relevant to, um, you know, our situation. I also want to encourage parents to be familiar with their county website here. That's readyharris.org. That's usually where local updates regarding the pandemic are posted. So become very familiar with your local county website. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that since there's so much craziness coming out of our national leaders' mouths. <laughs> well, you Go know, your county every, website, people. <laughs> every area is going through a different level of cases, a different level yeah. of transmission. So you can't yeah, really, really give a general recommendation for the entire country. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. So I always end my interviews with the same question. So now you get to hear it in the context of all of this of parenting in the 
age of COVID-19. What does joyful courage mean to you? Mm, Okay. Yeah. So right now I feel like parents have to maintain that. Um, It's critical now more than ever. Um, As a parent, you are the gatekeeper in your home. And I think you had alluded to this earlier, Casey, when you mentioned the 15-minute NPR and listening to all of the COVID updates. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you maintain a positive environment and a positive atmosphere in your family. And if that means I listen to that all by myself, (laughs) Doctor (laughs) Varese. Oh no, I don't make everyone listen to it. Oh no, I wasn't. (laughs) A dark corner. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't saying that at all. That's not what I was saying. But I'm I'm just saying that like if we have to turn off the news for a while and you know do something positive as a family, that's fine. Um, if we have to not watch the news and maybe just get our updates updates from the local county website because those are more practical and relevant to us, that's fine mm-hmm. too. But you have the courage to stand up for your family, make decisions that maintain that positive environment and atmosphere for your family. We're going to be okay, right? Yes, we're going to be just fine. Okay, good. I'm t- I'm- <laughs> You heard it here, people. We're going to be okay. We're We're in a massive transition, a massive transformation. We're going to be okay. The kids are going to be okay. Just stay connected, maintain relationship. Even if those teenagers that don't want to come out of their room, go take a seat on their bed and just linger. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Believe me, my kids love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you mentioned your Facebook page. I'm so excited. I'm going to get on there and watch your lives. Is there anywhere else that you could send people to support you and follow the work that you do? Sure. So um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at JV Pediatrics. I'm also practicing at a clinic called Family First Pediatrics in Spring, Texas. So if you'd like to come see me, I'd love to see you. <laughs> all right. All of my all of my listeners in Spring, Texas. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really lovely to chat with you. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again so much for listening to another episode. I so appreciate you and all of the feedback you provide me about how the show is landing for you. Again, feel free to join our communities on Facebook. We are at Live in Love with Joyful Courage or the Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens on Facebook. Those are both groups that you can join. They are safe, supportive, and compassionate places where we share and support each other on our journeys. And again, to remind you, it matters so much when you leave reviews on Apple Podcasts in the app leave a review. As more and more people search for shows that are meaningful to them, your reviews will get the show in front of new listeners and grow the reach and the community that we all love here at Joyful Courage. Check out joyfulcourage.com for those holiday offers. Always so grateful that you choose to listen in. And remember, when things get tough, find your breath, ride it into your body, release the tension you find there, climb to the balcony seat, and know that everything is going to be okay. See you next week. Well, hey there, busy mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.